Welcome to day 306 of Shaped by the Word. Uh, we are coming to the end of a nice year in the New Testament. And, of course, we've begun a very nice uh, last section of the New Testament where we go through the writings of John, uh, the Gospel of John, uh, first, second, and third letter that John wrote us, and, of course, the book of Revelation. And uh, John is writing, you know, as an, an older follower of Christ. He was among the youngest of the disciples. Uh, he's called in this gospel the disciple whom Jesus loves, and he reminds us that he's faster than Peter uh, in verse 21 as they run to the empty tomb. Uh, but he is, he's reflected richly on the gospel, and the gospel has become very vivid, and he sees you know, some of the images in Jesus' speech and his teaching and the things that he said, the way he introduced himself, the way that he carried himself and the things that he has done that is brought out ever more richly uh, the beautiful images of the Old Testament. So uh, we come to uh, chapter 4, and chapter 4 is a wonderful chapter that introduces us, uh, you know, after building on the ministry of the Holy Spirit and bringing us into a relationship with God in chapter 3, uh, introduces us to another rich section on the Holy Spirit. And, of course, we have one of the richest sections on the Holy Spirit, you know, coming later in the upper room in John 13 through, you know, 17. So a wonderful passage as Jesus goes out of his way to encounter one of the most unlikely characters, you know, in Scripture, uh, the woman at the well. So before we do that, let's uh, prepare ourselves to come into the presence of God, to see his face, to know his heart, and to be transformed by his Spirit. Uh, Matt, do you mind leading us in a word yeah. of prayer? Father, we are grateful for the, for the invitation to draw near to you and, and also the assurance and promise that as we draw near, you draw near to us. And, and so, Father, we're thankful uh, for this time together in your word. We're thankful that you have spoken. You haven't left us in the dark, but you've pursued us and sought us. And, and, and so as we uh, spend time in John chapter 4, um, God, would you search our hearts? Would you know our anxious thoughts? Would you reveal any sin in us, um, but also produce a, a great measure of faith and belief? Um, Father, help us to, to see Jesus, to worship him, um, to enjoy this time together and be transformed by it. God, get glory from this and um, be with us. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. John chapter 4, verse 1. Now Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that he was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John, although in fact it was not Jesus who baptized but his disciples. So he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now he had to go through Samaria, so he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciple had gone to the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, You have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. 
The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, Go call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, You're you're right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you've had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you've said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see you're a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. The Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when true worshipers worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for they are kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know the Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. A nice, nice encounter. Nice, unlikely encounter. Matter of fact, I, I like you know, the little line uh, in there, you know, it said that Jesus you know, was compelled to, or Jesus must you know, go through mm-hmm. Samaria. And of course, the only compelling reason we find for him to go through Samaria is to complete the works of the Father. And to complete the works of the Father, it's to unite, you know, as Ezekiel would you know, say, uh, all of the house of Israel back under one shepherd. And of course, the Samaritans were that northern ten tribes who had been separated you know, from Judah and Benjamin, you know, for all of these, you know, all of these years, and uh, it actually established different worship places and different worship practices, and had been deeply alienated. They hated each other. Uh, when a typical Jew would come out of uh, Samaria, he would check that if he had to go, uh, he would shake the dust off of his clothes. He didn't even want to carry some of the con- contamination back home with him, you know, to his home or to the uh, to the land of Judah. Mm-hmm. And uh, not only that, you, you have an uneasy existence between men and women as well. And Jesus bridges the gaps of hatred, the gaps of racial racial tension, uh, and, and also the gap of you know of, of gender as, as well. Mm-hmm. So we see a beautiful work in the person of Jesus. Yeah, there's more wrapped up in verse four than we realize, right? Where, uh, no kidding. You had to go through Samaria. I mean, yeah. If you were living in that time in that culture, you would do everything you can to go around Samaria. I mean, that's just. You would be willing to hike for a couple more days to oh, yeah. avoid that place, and, and and you know it's not just Jesus must because it's quicker. Jesus must because he had something to do there. Yeah. You're exactly right. So I, I just love from the very outset, verse four. You know, now he had to go through Samaria. John's preparing us. Jesus had to do something significant there. Yeah, and it's a uh, and, and we'll later learn. You know, as he, he retorts to the Pharisees. You know, after they accuse him of working on the Sabbath, he said, I work on the Sabbath because my father works on the Sabbath and I do the works I see the father doing and the works the father has given me to do. And so this is one of those works that the father is doing and has given Jesus to do, which is reconciling uh, all people, you know, to himself. Mm -hmm. And I like as well, you know, John's not leaving any of these, giving us any of these details for no reason, but the lady's coming at noon, which most people would probably come in the morning when it's cooler but she obviously doesn't want to be around mm-hmm. people. She probably maybe for shame or no. she feels kind of rejected. And so even in that, like these people are already rejected by the Jews. She's even kind of rejected by her own people. And then here comes Jesus. No, in I'm, I'm sure in the you know, small town of Sychar, uh, if you had been with uh, five different men, uh, 
you were that woman to mm-hmm. a lot of other women and of course the natural gathering of women you know coming in the morning together to draw water would not have been something that you would have wanted to be a part of or, or something you were even allowed to be part of mm-hmm. and, and so that this woman is alienated in so many ways she's a foreigner she's a woman and, and of course her son have alienated her you know from the rest of the community so you have a you have a yeah. pretty stark picture painted just in, in those in those few sentences. Yeah, you know we we talked about this some already in previous podcasts, but just how John arranges his gospel. You know, I can't help but but see the relation between you know Jesus and Nicodemus, where Nicodemus comes at night and he's a Pharisee, and I mean he's kind of the one that if you're expecting you know someone to maybe get the things that Jesus is going to teach or you know the respectable society class to show up, it would be Nicodemus. You know, but then right after that chapter, you have Jesus then seeking out a woman who would be, you know, found at noon, you know, where no one else is around, and, and you just, if I guess, uh, disrespected for a lack of, uh, you know, a better word, but you would have found yeah. her. And just the contrast between those two people of, of Nicodemus in the night and then in, in the midday, this woman who, Samaritan woman, and then to watch how Jesus interacts with both of those. I mean, I just love the contrast of yeah. these two chapters. And together. obviously both of them very rich teaching about the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Uh, you know, the need to be born of the Spirit and the, uh, the mystery of you know, the Spirit, you know, uh, just like the wind blowing through the trees and accomplishing God's purposes without us, you know, being able to see it. And, of course, the Spirit, you know, here uh, is being the very vehicle that brings us into worship, you know, with God, not yeah. so much a temple here or a temple there. Uh, but the Spirit, in conjunction with the truth of God's Word, forming God's people to worship, you know, in, in His presence, and of course, uh, speaking of the, the springs of living water, you know, flowing mm-hmm. from within them to a desert people, and nothing more refreshing, yeah. you know, than a than a cold drink of you know water from a you know, from an active spring, and, and of course the the Holy Spirit bringing that kind of renewal mm-hmm. and, and that kind of cleansing, and of course you'll go ahead. You know, as uh, we we tend to do here, you know, to the final scene in the book of Revelation where this huge river flows down and renews all things. Uh, And and you see that new picture of that as well. Well, the significance, too, of eternal life, you know, and this living water that that I think a lot of times we think of eternal life as something to be enjoyed in the future. You know, and Jesus says, know what I've come and what I've come to bring is actually meant to be enjoyed right now. If you would have asked, I would give you a drink. You know, that yeah. you'll never thirst again. It's, it's life meant to transform now. And even John's statement later, he's going to get in John ten ten. I've come so you may have life. You know, life to the full. You know, that's yeah. not just I've come so you may have future life, but but right now, everything God intended, I've come. Uh, the other gospels, you know, in their eschatology, are they're a little bit future oriented. John is far more present oriented, uh, and it's a tension you have in the. You know, in all of Scripture, between the already and the not yet, you know, that we have already entered into the fullness of God's promises for His people through the new covenant, but we've not yet received the fullness of, the, of those promises. Mm-hmm. But, you know, what he is talking about, you know, John is going to emphasize the, the right now entering into new life created by the Spirit, which transcends you know, everything that you know, we would have hoped for or dreamed for or, or counted, you know, counted in. And, of course, there's this wonderful, you know, picture in Jeremiah, you know, uh, when he talks about the sins of Israel. He said, you know, my people have, you know, committed two sins. 
They have forsaken me, the spring of living water, and they have dug their own cisterns, yeah. broken cisterns, that will never hold water. And, and of course, you have the setting here at the well, and you have the the language of the spring of living water, and talking about you know uh, who God is, you know, for the nation of Israel. But you also talk about broken cisterns, mm-hmm. and, and of course, a broken cistern, you know, for this, you know, particular lady was relationships with guys. And the first one must have been, you know, just like uh, the most exciting thing in the world. He loves me, and and we'll be together forever. Oh, that didn't last. That didn't last. But she keeps going back to the yeah. same broken cistern, and is not finding, you know, finding fulfillment. So not only is he introducing her again, once again, to the spring of living water, he's also mm-hmm. exposing. Otherwise, this seems a little cruel. Yeah, go get your husband. Yeah, <laughs> five, huh? And that's not what he's doing. Mm-hmm. You're saying, honey, that, that's where you've gone one too many times, two many times, three too many times, five, six too many times. Mm-hmm. And don't we all do that? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, it's not like she's an anomaly and, and we can judge her for, we've all gone to those things thinking they will satisfy and they simply haven't. Mm-hmm. It's a little unfortunate we had to stop at 26 because we would see it, it is very that she didn't you yes. know she didn't interpret it that way it's easy to read it and think wow jesus dealt kind of harshly with her right there <laughs> yeah. until you realize that she goes and begins to tell everyone about jesus he told break. me everything i've ever you know i've ever did yeah and and yet it's not in way of you know woe is me it's and i've received grace upon grace and many samaritans will believe in her testimony and you know so no, this is great yeah and jesus of course will turn you know, to the disciples, and he said, you know, we're not people saying many days until the harvest, but I tell you, look, right now, you know, God is doing something, yeah. you know, crazy here. So this is this is a far better response than you're seeing in Judea, mm-hmm. you know, to the gospel, another, you know, surprising, you know, surprising response. So it is a, a fantastic uh, bringing together of those images. And, uh, and, of course, you have to, you know, like that. Uh, uh, time is coming mm-hmm. when your temple and that temple in Jerusalem won't matter at all. In fact, it's here right now <laughs> and then of course you have to like the way that she uh, re- Jesus reveals herself to her in a way that he has as of yet not revealed himself in Israel uh, you know she uh, you know she ends and said oh, okay uh, I, I know that when the Messiah comes you know that uh, it, you know, she's just asked for his answer which temple is a better temple and, and of course his, his answer is neither of those but the one that God is creating in you through his spirit is the better temple uh, but he said okay um, that's a good answer but I know when the Messiah comes he'll give us an even better answer than that and no, Jesus that's said the one who's speaking to you that uh, wow I am that is so crazy yes and, go ahead no I just I love all those anticipations the Messiah you know we don't always capture that but that's the Old Testament you know title for this this conquering one the anointed one who was coming yeah. and, and Jesus says I am the one speaking to you I am. You know, that I am captures all that Old Testament imagery. And right. Uh, whenever God reveals himself to Moses, he says, tell them I am has sent you. And so you're going to see this uh, several times in the Gospel of John where Jesus just simply uses the word I am, um, referring back, you know, to or invoking, you know, the beautiful covenant name of, of, of Yahweh in, in, in the Old Testament. One of my favorites is before Abraham was born. I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Heavenly Father, thank you for uh, uh, this, the richness of the Old Testament we see coming alive in the person expression of Christ. And we thank you 
that you are indeed within us a, a river springing up you know, to eternal life of which those who drink never thirst again. And we thank you that you have reached us in our deepest places and satisfied our deepest longings, not in the, the small gifts you've given us in common grace, but in the gift you've given us in extraordinary grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. May we be people uh, who reflect the reality of who you are and what you desire to do in us. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen.